0: what you want when you want it
1: where you want it this is the mesh i'm with the band music and interviews you're going to like
0: Welcome to I'm with the Band here on the Mesh Podcast Network. I'm your host, Andrew Moose. If this is your first time listening to I'm with the Band, I'm with the Band invites musicians and bands of all types to discuss their current projects, their touring lives, and their lives as musicians. We'd love for you to go over there and hit that subscribe button on whatever platform you're using right now so that you can get I'm with the Band episodes beamed directly to you whenever we drop an episode. So if you like what you're hearing and might be considering advertising on the Mesh Podcast Network, it really is a great way to reach a targeted audience. Plus, I've heard the only people who listen to I'm with the band in particular are rich and they're beautiful and all they want to do is spend money with your company. So today I'm super excited for this guest. Uh, A little personal, a little personal backstory. These guys have been on the top of my list for a long time. Um, I first saw them when they came to Hickory to play the Music in the Mill series and I saw them again. When they headlined the Grover Fest 13 Festival, um, I'd like to welcome Jesse Langley, the monster banjo pick- picker from one of my favorite bands on the planet, Town Mountain. What's up, Jesse? Andrew, thanks for having me. I'm happy to be here. Yeah, man. Thank you for being here. We we really appreciate appreciate you taking some time uh, to join us today. Um, so, you know, before COVID, Town Mountain was hitting the road and touring the country just as heavily as anybody, you know, about just about any band could. Um, I bet you guys are really just chomping at the bit to get back out.
2: Uh, we are, but, you know, we want to do it safely. Um, but, you know, personally, yeah, we're, we're all we've all got that musical drive. It's what we do. Um, We've done it for a long time. We've, you know, curated a fan base and, and recorded several albums and, you know, we've been on the road solid for 10 years. Um, So, I mean, personally, yeah, we're, we're all like, there's a big part of our life that's gone right now. And um, any of your, you know, listeners other musicians will get it. You get it. You know, it's like, part of your psyche, it's part of who you are. If you're a a performer or an artist or a musician, you know, that's it's it's like it's kind of the mojo that keeps you going. So, um uh fortunately, I've got a lot of other things going on in my life that <laughs> that um you know, pull me pull me in those directions, but but we do miss playing uh I miss my friends, the guys in the band. I miss the fan base we're really close a lot of our fans i miss those people a lot and just the whole the whole scene it's it's hard but we're ready to get out but we're ready to do it safe you know right you know i saw i've I've been
0: seeing a lot of festivals starting to pop up um one in particular that's kind of right down the road from us um where the infamous string dusters are playing at the Van Hoy campground up in Harmony, North Carolina. And they're using that pod system where, you know, four or five people are in, or four people, I believe are in an eight by 10 pod. Um, and are able to, you know, boogie with one another inside that little pod. But, you know, it's still outside looking in that still seems like it would be risky.
2: Uh, yeah, you know, uh, I, I don't know where you're framing the risk from, but obviously there's going to be some risk with COVID, but risk beyond that uh, and I think everybody in the music industry is kind of feeling this ripple and understanding and trying to reckon with it is, um, you know, what's the overhead, you know, what's everybody that, that's a, that's an extra few steps involved to, to put on a, a show, And good on everybody for trying to make that happen. And I foresee town mountain having to go into that territory at some point in time. Um, but, uh, yeah, it's just, I'm sure everybody's got that lingering on their mind, you know, what's the extra cost. And, you know, as you know, as a musician, like a lot of the folks in the industry are, you know, it's almost hand to mouth, um, I mean, some people are making it, but venues struggle. Festivals struggle for a few years before they really take off. So I'm, I'm, I'm shooting this off in a pessimistic kind of way. But I think that, honestly, that's really what everybody's thinking about. The big risk is. Yeah.
0: And, uh, the- and I don't think you're being pessimistic at all. I think you're being more realistic than anything. Uh, there's so many different variables now that weren't even thought about a year and a half ago. Um, And that overhead is going to be lingering over everybody. Like you said, like, it's like, how are we going to navigate this new space? So it's going to be interesting to see what the next six months, 12 months look like for uh, venues and bands in particular. Um, So, you know, you mentioned that um, Town Mountain's got a handful of albums out. And uh, the most recent album was uh, the new Freedom Blues. I loved it. I thought thought it was absolutely terrific, man. Uh, Where did you guys record that one?
2: At Echo Mountain in Asheville, North cool. Carolina. Yeah, first uh, first time we'd ever recorded at home. Usually, nice. usually travel outside the, the city for that.
0: I've heard a lot of uh, a lot of bands here recently are going to that Echo Mountain uh, studios. I've heard nothing but great things about that place, and obviously, they're the product they're putting out is just just killer. Um, you know, one of those songs on uh, the new Freedom Blues album is "Download," and I believe you wrote that song, right?
2: Uh, I did with my buddy Tyler Shelders.
0: Yeah, so I saw that the YouTube video when you guys played Red Rocks of that story. Where I'll, I'll let you tell it. I'll just I'll just <laughs> let you tell it.
2: Yeah, yeah. Uh, so Tyler and I go way back, and t- Town Mountain and Tyler go way back as well. But uh, he was coming into town or I convinced them to come up to town for a few days and spend some time in my house, just hanging out and catching up and shooting the breeze and, and writing a little bit. And, uh, we wrote that song and that was years ago. It was probably five years ago. Uh, maybe a shade longer than that. And, um, I initially brought it to town mountain when it was record or when we had written it. And, uh, it, it didn't really hit with the guys. I mean, it hit with me. I thought it was a good song. I thought it would do well for us, but wasn't hitting with the guys. And it kind of got pushed to the wayside. And then right as we started to get into the studio for new freedom, Phil was like, Hey, where's that tune that you and Tyler wrote? Let's listen to that again. So I busted it out and, um, and then, you know, we convinced Tyler to come and record, but yeah, the joke I make is that Tyler was lucky enough to be on a songwriting session with me.
0: <laughs> this
2: was before Tyler yeah, he said,
0: was, well, I saw crying. that video. He
2: said he, he kind of <laughs> forgot
0: about it. I was like, how do you forget about that song? That thing is a banger. Like that is no, crazy no. to me. No, he didn't forget
2: about it. He didn't forget about it. That was That was me trying to jab my buddy and my buddy ducking. I got you. Jabbing at me. So (laughs) that's what, that's what happened there. He knew we wrote that. I got it. Well, it it ended up being my favorite song, the album, man. So well done, dude. Thank you. That chorus had been in my head for years. Um, the the chorus was like there. And then I had some framework of the, some of the verses and then Tyler came in and it just kind of fell together really fast. But yeah, who doesn't know about that mm-hmm. scenario, right? You indulge too much in whatever you yeah. indulge in. <laughs> I mean, it could be anything, you know. It doesn't have to be <laughs> alcohol or whatever. I mean, it could be chocolate. But yeah. you know, it's just it's just the song about indulgence and how we're all kind of susceptible to it.
1: can <laughs> This podcast is sponsored by Jackson Creative, a custom communication agency located in downtown Hickory, North Carolina, specializing in online content creation. To learn more, visit TheJacksonCreative.com. Jackson Creative, we tell your story.
0: Another song I want to ask you about is obviously you didn't write it. It was the I'm on Fire Bruce Springsteen cover from the uh, an albums uh the heroes and heretics album first of all that's a great song like I, I've loved that song but, but I, what I feel like my entire life it feels like um but I'll tell you man like I never thought about it being a bluegrass tune like no not once you know like it, it just it didn't come across to me as something that could even be an upbeat type of song which I mean it's not really you guys don't really do it in an upbeat style but it's definitely in a in a higher BPM that
2: you know that Bruce Springsteen did. Uh, it is, uh, and we tried to we tried to kind of keep the essence of the tune, not play it too fast, because that, often that's what happens when bluegrass bands cover a song. They like mm-hmm. play it in double time, and then it yeah. just it just feels like a bluegrass. tune. we wanted to try to keep some of what that song embodies its its feel, and uh, you know, I I think any song. Can fit any genre with minor tweaks here and there. Obviously, that song did because it really has done well for us. We can't go a show without playing that song. Yeah, it's good, man. It's a, it's a good you, you, and and honestly, and ever since you guys
0: started playing that song, every freaking band in our area is playing that song out live. You guys putting that new spin on it. Everybody and myself included, play that song out and it's great, dude. It's so much fun. It's a, it's a fun song to play. And and the crowd loves that song. I mean, everybody just absolutely
2: just freaking loves it. You know, I've heard people refer to that as like a an obs- more obscure Bruce Springsteen song. And I always grew up kind of knowing that song. I've read that about, uh, I read that somewhere and I was like, I don't know. I, I remember hearing that a lot growing up as a kid, but, um, yeah, that's a it's an interesting tune. There's really a lot of ambiguity in the lyrics to that song. And it's it's hard to decipher what he's trying to tell the audience, but uh it's a heavy tune. And Boss's ver- the Bruce's version is so cool, it's just like it's like it's so awkward. Like the 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 synth that just plays one note. It's like that's Maybe maybe he was trying to get that song stripped down as much as he knew how to strip a song down without putting a banjo and a mandolin in it or something. I don't know.
3: Hey, little girl, is your daddy home? Did he go and leave you all alone? I got a bad desire. Baby, is he good to you? Can he do to you the things that I do? I can take it heart.
1: Oh I'm
3: knife, baby, edgy and dull put a six-inch valley through the middle of my skull At night I wake up with a sheet soaking wet And a freight train running through the middle of my head And you, you cool my desire I through the middle of my skull At night I wake up with the sheets soaking wet And a free train running through the middle of my head And you, you cool my desire Oh, I'm on fire Oh, I'm on fire Bye. Uh-huh.
0: ask all the bands that that come on i'm with the band uh and especially guys that live in north carolina um you you're out living right outside of Asheville now um what's your favorite festival to play in north carolina
2: um existing or in the past either way um well i mean merle fest is like it, it has to be up there right it's such an yeah. iconic festival. It is known worldwide. It is arguably the big. It's one of the biggest festivals, probably in the country. I would assume. Yeah, they bring uh, a ton of people into Wilkesboro that weekend. They for sure. do, and like just the whole history of it being around Doc and Merle's life and his legacy. Uh, that's really important to me. You know, uh, when I first got into bluegrass music and acoustic music, Doc and Merle were like some of the first artists that i was listening to and man that stuff hit really heavy so um it still is an honor to go play that festival and i love playing that festival but i mean we've played so many fun festivals uh last year we played the outer banks bluegrass festival which was fun smile fest um mountain song there's uh i mean i'm just like scratching the surface there's a a plethora of bluegrass festivals we've played that i can't even recall all the names of them but um oh, uh, what, what's another one I, I it's hard to say favorite but i i will say that um they're all fun and but merle fest it, it just ha- has that like as a bluegrass musician it has that kind of Home base feel. You're like ah, oh, we're we're here. We played Merle Fest. We kind of made it. You know, it's that's a big deal. So, but I love all festivals. I love them all. Yeah,
0: for sure. Yeah, that, that that's that's my favorite thing to do in the world, man. It's going to music festivals, and you know, I, I've been lucky enough to be able to play a handful too. And um, but you know, Merle Fest. You're right. Like if you get invited to Merle Fest, and you know, you're playing main stage or even side stage for that matter. And you have all those eyeballs there, you know, you have to feel like that like you some sort of sense of accomplishment, you know, like like congratulations to yourself. <laughs> like that, that thing is like you made it. Like that's for real the best, like the best bluegrass festival in the world, my in my
2: humble opinion. Can I can I tell a quick story about this? And please this is another reason why it is so important to me. This one situation that happened. Um Patty Griffin uh, grew up a couple streets down from me and is relatively close to my father's age. Uh, and my father, I took him to the Fest a couple of times. The first time he went, he was playing with Robert Plant because Robert Plant and her were an item. And they had that awesome project that they were um, playing that summer. And uh, my dad went up to Patty after the show and was talking to her. Hey, we're from Old Town, Maine. You grew up you know 10 two streets over from you know I grew up my boy grew up and he's here playing and da 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 da, da. my dad's just shooting the breeze with Jim Lauderdale and and Patty and this is like pretty cool for my dad and here walks Robert Plant into the conversation and my dad's 75 you know? <laughs> so like Robert Plant is a god yeah. you know like Led Zeppelin I mean that's a big deal so uh that one instance always yeah, kind of makes Merlefest fest feel really special to me it's just watching my dad's eyes light up when Robert plant came into the scene
0: yeah man that's awesome yeah that is that, that's, that's a great story man uh, the uh, you know I've heard a lot of bluegrass bands start to uh, play some of those those Zeppelin tunes that are just kind of uh, they they kind of lend their ear to to more of a, um, a bluegrass song
2: like stuff like a uh, gallows pole would be one. Gallows pole is a great one too. Yeah, uh, I good. just I mean look, it's just full circle at that point. Those dudes were learning British folk songs and blues tunes from the U.S. Right, and then they oh, turned yeah. it into rock and roll, and then that rock and roll can now be distilled back down to bluegrass or acoustic music. I mean, it's all the same shit, you know. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, for sure. You know, in they in Zeppelin, I
0: mean, I I I'll just say it nicely. They borrowed a lot of those songs too that they that they did, and um, they've completely flipped them on its head and created that you know that genre of music that that we all know and love. So um, Jesse, I also asked this question too, um, man, what are you listening to right now? Besides town mountain music.
2: <laughs> let me get, let me get my phone and I'll look through.
0: Yeah, let's, let's hear it. Well, Jesse gets his phone. I'd like to uh, remind everybody to go subscribe to all the mesh podcast network shows. And uh, we would love for you guys to rate and review and, and all that good stuff. So our network can grow to the, Heights that we would love to be. So, so Jesse, uh, tell us a little bit about you know what you're listening to.
2: Cool. So, I whenever somebody asks me this, I kind of go back to my recent downloads and a- answer the question that way. And yeah. um, this past week I've been listening to a lot of the transatlantic sessions. Are you familiar with transatlantic sessions at all? I'm not. I'm not. Um, it was a project uh, that started in the late 80s or early 90s. Um and it was uh Ali Blaine, a um Scottish fiddler. He and a bunch of other uh, or maybe he's an Irish fiddler, a bunch of other um UK musicians, primarily Irish and Scottish, got together with a bunch of cats from the US, like Jerry Douglas and Emma Lou Harris and um uh Russ Berenberg and, and a bunch of players, and they all came together and kind of spent all this time um, in this mansion in Scotland and recorded all these tunes. They would play Irish tunes, they would play American songs, and um, it's all videoed. Check it out. Transatlantic Sessions. Session one is, is the best, but that's like three hours in itself. I mean, it's it's super good. Gotcha. I'm feverishly taking notes. Every yeah. <laughs> so. um, uh, what else? Let me see here. Uh, Toots Thielmans. You know, Toots Thielmans is. He's a, he's a French harmonica mm-hmm. player. Yeah. I've been listening to him. Um, I've been trying to get my little girl... Into Nina Simone, so we've been listening to a lot of this one particular album called uh, "Little Girl Blue," and um, and then for like recent kind of Americana stuff, I've been listening to this uh, guy named Brent Cobb and his new album called "Keep Him on the yeah. Toes." Man, uh, "Keep It on the Toes," man, I love that song. It's great. That album is fantastic. I- I've listened to that a bunch. What's wild,
0: man? As I was listening to your to Town Mountain's uh, Amazon Music station a couple of weeks ago, and that's how I got turned on to that guy. Believe it or Ooh. not, uh, that song came on when I was driving. Yeah, so cool. um, Amazon Music is uh, is figuring the algorithm out, man. I'm I'm stuck on that.
2: I always get people saying, "Hey, I was listening to so and so," and you know, sometimes it's clearly uh, there's a you know correlation between us and that artist, but sometimes it's not. It's just off the wall, and you're like, "Really? Yeah. We got thrown on that channel?" But that's great. That's good cross pollination. You know? Yeah,
0: yeah. No kidding. no kidding. Yeah, and it's it's almost um, it's got to be that thumbs up, thumbs down algorithm that people are doing. Yeah. You know, um, whenever they're whenever they're hitting those those like and dislike buttons, they're they're really honing in to what people are liking and the the correlation image between the two. Yeah, for sure. Yeah.
2: What else? Uh, what else here? have been listening to a little, Oh, I found this. I'm a huge grateful dead fan and a huge Jerry Same. Garcia fan. I found this album. Um, and I've always known who Ornette Coleman was, but there's an album called Virgin beauty it came out in the late eighties. And, uh, And Ornette's got Jerry playing on some tracks, and it is some super interesting far out. I can only imagine for Jerry, it must have been some of the most satisfying music he played because he was always like he was a jazz cat. You know, he really was into that stuff. And I don't know. I think I can just hear him playing on this, these tracks and I'm like, oh man, he's really like digging what's going on. It's just like really free form jazz music. But
0: anyway. right. Yeah. The, uh, that man, he, he, he was able to transcend genres like more than anyone I've ever known. I mean, I, I personally didn't know him, of course, but you know, started off as a banjo player and kind of was, um, and moved into all different phases of music through, you know, through the connections he made with the Grateful Dead. And I think that was just, it's, it's awesome to be able to hear him playing with all different types of people from, you know, the dead all the way to, you know, the Jerry Garcia band to, you know, the things you're talking about, that guy was, was able to be out front. And this is what I, I, I really appreciate with him is he was able to be out front and be that guy. And, and, and really carry a band, but also sit back and and could, you know, play subduly and, and was able to listen and really
2: fill in where they're filling the cracks. If yeah. You know, he's he's an, I mean, to the people who know, we know, I, I feel like he's underrated I feel like the dead is underrated. I feel like a lot of people don't put the time in to realize how significant of a band they actually were. Um and they just write it off as, you know, hippie music. And it's like, no, nah, it's deeper than yeah. Those songs, man, those are, those songs are timeless. They will stand the test of time. He's gone. That, that 100%, and they, and, and they have, and they have. Brown-Eye Women, That those songs will live forever. Yeah, so anyway, Yeah. love yeah. me some, some Jerry. Yeah.
0: Yeah, for sure. I mean, if you think that people a hundred years from now won't hear Ripple, you're crazy. Exactly. You know, like it's those songs that that mean so much to everybody that even aren't fans of the Grateful Dead. Yeah, Um, Those songs will will live forever. You know, Um, there's there's a handful of songs that mean the world to me and that I know I'll never I, I never don't listen to them. And. You know, a lot of people, and I'm sure you get this too. If you're, you know, love the Dead as much as I do, it's like, why do you listen to them all the time? Like, like, what is it about them? Well, what is it about them? Is they're the songwriting? It's the songs. It's the stories. You know, and and granted, they didn't write a lot of them. You know, Hunter and and, and wrote wrote a large majority of those, but um, those songs that that the the band brought to life is just. I, I it's, it's unfathomable to me. I can't their body of work beats the daylights out of everybody in my, in my personal yeah, opinion.
2: I agree. They're kind of the foundation for Americana. Yeah. They really yeah, are. Sure. I always say they're the first Americana band. They were the first one. And I've never thought about it like that, but yeah, I've, I've, they've influenced they, everybody so much beyond a, them. It's not even funny. Even people who don't like them. Yeah. Well, My uh, one of my favorite Dead albums um,
0: is Reckoning, and you know, Reckoning, the acoustic album that was recorded in, I believe, nineteen eighty in New York, I think. Um, And if if you if you didn't know it was the Dead, and you listen to it, you are like, this is some of the best acoustic music that you could honestly hang your hat on you can say this is the gold standard of acoustic music Mm -hmm. um and just the stripped down versions of those songs were for me i fell in love with all those songs again and and every time i listen to that album it's like it's just so simple and beautiful and it was just there's no i i guess there's just I'm just so biased when it comes to them, but the that that album is is probably, you know, top top 3 for me. Nice, for sure. That's a good one. Yeah, so hey, Jesse, what's next for Town Mountain, man? I I mean, obviously with COVID going on, the schedule's up in the air, but um are you are you guys writing? Are you guys looking to produce another album anytime soon?
2: Uh I mean, we have the album ready to go. Oh, awesome. Yeah, uh and it should have been recorded by now, but it's not recorded because logistically it's challenging to get everybody here, get the producer here, get Miles on drums, get the engineer in town, get everybody here with all the COVID stuff going on. It's, it's, it's difficult. It's not easy to record right now because uh, everybody's as safe as you are, if not more. So, um, and you, I mean, me or the next guy in town, everybody's just, you know, playing it safe. Uh, but we were Phil, Robert and I, and Zach, some, uh, the end of last year were like playing a lot. So we were tightening up the tunes and, um, yeah, I mean, there's a whole
0: album ready to go. I, for one, can't wait. And I'm sure all the rest of the town mountain fans are just chomping at the bit and, um, so, just to tell everybody where they can find more about Town Mountain and hear your music and all that good stuff.
2: Uh, well, you can go to the website, townmountain.net, and then you can find us on the socials. Uh, you know, we're on Twitter, we're on Instagram, we're on Facebook. Uh, somebody told me we're on TikTok now, although I don't know what.
0: Oh, nice. Big <laughs> <laughs> question mark. I can't wait to see you on TikTok,
2: yeah. man. <laughs> but, uh,. Um, with, a
0: little, uh, with your unicorn emote with your filters and stuff.
2: i I need I need to learn about uh TikTok before you find me on there. But uh <laughs> um I yeah, if you just search Town Mountain, any of those will pop up, uh I'm sure. And uh yeah, that's about it. You, you know, all those social media avenues. You got it, man. Well, Jesse, thanks again, man, for coming on
0: the show. We really appreciate it you being here and spending some time with us it's a real treat for me man it was, it was it was great to get to know you a little bit yeah uh,
2: same here I, I it feels good to talk to somebody about music even though you can't play it you know but it's what's yeah, talking right about it, right so and uh we'd love for you to head over to the mesh.tv and check out all of our other shows on the
0: network and this has been i'm with the band here on the mesh podcast network don't forget to be kind to one another and have a great show <music>